do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is David Shoemaker, and I'd like to welcome you to Living Thelema. Now, this month we're going to be talking about the middle pillar exercise. Uh, this is a topic that was suggested by Ian via email a few weeks ago. So thanks very much, Ian, for, uh, for chiming in with your suggestion. And as always, I encourage the rest of you to send me your thoughts and suggestions on future topics as you feel moved to do so. Now, um, I, uh, I probably could have done this segment a long, long time ago because it is one of those practices that I think is, uh, that I recommend for, for all magicians and uh, um, could easily um, be inserted into a daily magical regimen. A little bit later, I'll talk about how to work it in if you're using my uh, suggestions from the earlier podcast segment about the magical regimen. Um, the, the middle pillar exercise was uh, introduced and is mostly associated with Israel Regardi, um, who talked about it, uh, the theory behind it, the practice of it, in his book um, of the same name, The Middle Pillar, um, which I highly recommend, not only for its presentation of the material related to the ritual, but for the background in Kabbalistic psychology and Jungian psychology, and in general, the overlap of magic and psychology. Middle Pillar is one of the books that really, for me personally, um, made it all gel early in my magical career in terms of uh, my own work and, and overlapping magic and psychology. So highly recommended. Um, and um, in any case, in spite of this uh, ritual being around for decades and being recommended and practiced pretty widely, um, there is uh, still, I think, some anti-middle pillar sentiment among Thelemites, uh, possibly lumped in with the general anti-Regardi sentiment. Um, I think perhaps uh, because the middle pillar itself is not uh, taught in any of Crowley's writings and he's not known to have practiced it, uh, at least I don't, I'm not aware of any evidence that he practiced it or taught it, but... Um, in my work and in the work of many Thelemites that I know, this has become an essential um, daily ritual um, at various stages of practice. So highly recommended. Um, it's re it's not it's not an old aeon ritual. It's not a non-Thelemic ritual. What it is is a, a practice that embodies the basic traditions of Kabbalistic psychology and the parts of the soul, the hierarchies uh, and divine names associated with the Sephiroth on the Tree of Life. Um, so any magician working within a Kabbalistic tradition, whether they're a Thelemite or not, to my mind stands to benefit from this ritual and uh, there's absolutely no reason to um, feel that it's not relevant to modern Thelemic practice. So that soapbox having been um, well constructed and stood upon, I will move on to talk about some other things. Um, as always, if you're working within a specific training system, check with your assigned instructor before beginning work with this exercise, uh, just to make sure it doesn't conflict with other practices you might already be doing. Now, let's talk about the theory behind this ritual a little bit. Um, and I will use the terms ritual and exercise interchangeably. It's really probably more of an exercise than a formal ritual, but you know, your mileage will 
depend on you. Um, the theory goes that when we associate the types of energy associated with the sephirothometry of life with energy centers in the body, and we vibrate the names associated with those traditional, the traditional divine names associated with those energy centers um, as we are visualizing those centers in the body, and we do this in a sequential way, um, what we're doing is uh, linking and harmonizing those different energy centers in the body. We are um, lighting up our entire aura, if you will, um, connecting all the parts of the soul. Uh, we'll talk about those in a moment as a review. Um, basically, uh, it is a practice which can light you up as a tree of life, at least as, as the middle pillar symbolizing the entire tree of life, um, and function as a general power-up, a general energy boost. Uh, and later on we'll talk about applications of this. But that's the basic theory. It's plugging you into these sets of correspondences related to the body and to the sephiroth and giving you tools to harmonize and balance those in your body of light. Okay, so um, let me point out a couple other theoretical concerns here. Um, it's a common misconception that we are working with the chakras here. The chakras, um, symbolically and perhaps even physically, energetically, are in the spine, whereas the centers we're going to be working with in the middle pillar are visualized more toward the front of the body. Um, second of all, there is an important consideration here that this is a top-down approach, meaning the energy is coming in from the crown center above the head, which is visualized and conceived as kether. Um, so it's uh, a process of plugging ourselves in to the source of all creative force in the universe and therefore in ourselves um, and bringing it from that point into the rest of our system. So rather than um, perhaps an alternative approach where you would be doing some kundalini work with the chakras and raising, uh, raising that up in a way that was conceived as lower to the higher, this is top-down. Um, now, you don't have to think of top, you don't have to get too stuck in that symbolism there, that way of visualizing it. Top-down, inside-out, um, deepest to the, from the deepest of view to the outermost of view, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, regardless, it's from Kether on down the rest of the tree. Let's talk about the Kabbalistic psychology of this. At the crown, the crown center above the head, we're going to be uh, connecting with Neshama, superconsciousness. The Da'ath point at the throat is the linkage point between superconsciousness or Kether and the rest of the psyche. Uh, Tefereth at the heart is the Ruach or ego consciousness. Yesod at the genitals is Nefesh or subconsciousness. And Malkuth at the feet is goof, or the physical body. Uh, the practice involves the following. 
you're going to, at each of those spheres, visualize the sphere in pure white light, each of those areas of the body, visualize the sphere in pure white light, vibrate the divine name three times, and then connect with a, a column of light to the next sphere and repeat all the way down. So uh, three vibrations at each sphere coming from the top to the, the bottom, from the crown to the feet. The names we're going to vibrate are traditional names associated with those um, sephiroth. Uh, at Kether, we're going to vibrate Eheye. At Da'at, we're going to vibrate Yodhe Vavhe Elohim. At the heart, Tefereth, we're going to vibrate uh, Yodhe Vavhe Eloav Da'at, or at least we could vibrate that, but I'm going to present a variation that simply uses Iao. And the reason for that is that we can configure EAO as a acronym, basically, for yod heh vav heh vav starts with a Yod. That's the I of EAO. Eloah uh, starts with an Aleph. That's the A of EAO. And Vada'at starts with a Vav, and that's the O of EAO. So EAO is an equivalent to yod heh vav heh Eloah, Vidat in our practice of the middle pillar. Yesod at the genitals. Uh, we will vibrate Shaddai El Chai. And then at the Malkuth point between the feet, we're going to vibrate Adonai HaEretz, Lord of Earth. Okay. So um, in just a minute, I'll lead you through this whole practice. At each sphere, um, you visualize the center in pure white light, brilliant white light, especially when you're formulating the, the crown center. Um, you'll recall when I was going over the, the basic magical regimen that one of the things I feel is most important fairly early in training once you've gotten basic daily hygiene down is to find something you can do uh, as a uh, as a devotional energy raising exercise on a daily basis, and uh, certainly this qualifies. And especially if you put focus when you're first vibrating the crown center, uh, visualizing and vibrating at the crown center, put focus on that center as ultimate power source for the entire universe. This is. The, the creative light itself that you're tapping into um, that flows through you um, but is also the source of all creation in the universe. Okay, so let's walk through the ritual. Now, as usual, don't do this, uh, don't follow along with this and attempt to, to do it fully if you're driving or doing something else dangerous like that where distraction would be bad. I'm um, going to ask you to Silence your phones, uh, tell people not to disturb you, stand in a balanced posture with your hands at your sides and your feet together, configure your head and eyes so that if your eyes were open you'd be staring straight forward but now close your eyes and begin a pattern of rhythmic breathing. You might wish to use the fourfold breath that I've taught you before. 
equal counts on in, hold, out, hold. Spend a moment doing this. Regularize the breathing. Now visualize a sphere of brilliant white light, about nine inches in diameter, just above the exact center of the crown of your head. Not touching your head, but two or three inches above your head. Do everything you can to tap into this visualized center of white brilliance as an incredibly powerful source of light life-giving power. Feel that grow more and more intense. And we vibrate three times. Eh -eh -eh. column of white light descend from the crown down to a point at your throat where a slightly smaller sphere of white brilliance half in front of and half within your throat at about the point of the Adam's apple grows and intensifies see these two spheres linked and here we vibrate three times yod he vav he elohim Yod he vav he light descend from the throat to a point at the heart where another sphere of white light grows half in front of and half within the chest. Here we vibrate three times. Yao. descends from the heart to a point at the genitals where it grows into another sphere of white brilliance. And here we vibrate three times Shaddai El Chai. Shaddai El Chai Shaddai El Chai 
descends to a point between the feet where it grows into another sphere of white light, half above and half below the floor. Here we vibrate three times, Adonai Haaretz. sphere is vibrant and brightly lit and white and the connecting column and feel the continuity of force and flow between the highest at Kether and the most crystallized and manifest at Malkuth. Feel your own completed, balanced and harmonized self across all these parts of the soul so that the communication and the interplay between these parts of yourself can be free-flowing, harmonious, and open. Now we'll distribute the energies brought into our system by the use of the Kabbalistic cross. Touching the forehead, Atta. Atta. Bring the hand down and touch the heart. Iwas. I was. Bringing the hand down and touching the genitals while configuring the center at the floor between the feet. Malkuth. Malkuth. Touching the right shoulder. Touching the left shoulder. Clasping the hands at the heart. Leolam. See all the centers bright and connected with the connecting column. And now allow the visualization to fade, knowing that the centers and the energies they represent remain alive and active. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Now, one point of technique on the vibration, you'll want to take in a full breath and through the nose and then make more or less the entire out-breath consist of the vibration. It doesn't have to be a very long out-breath, but you want all of the out-breath to be dedicated to the, uh, to the name. Um, 
place approximately equal emphasis on each letter of the name you're vibrating. For example, um, when we're doing EAO, a full out breath um, on EAO will mean that each letter gets equal time, sometimes with the last letter um, slightly elongated in terms of time. But a name like Shaddai El Chai that has a lot more letters than EAO, each letter is going to get less time. Um, but you, you space it out um, as evenly as you can. And again, with sometimes with a traditionally with a, a a bit more a length on the final letter, just for effect. Um, now, um, some practical uses. As I said earlier, you can integrate this with your ongoing magical regimen, um, as I described in the podcast and book chapter of that title. Um, if you've added the middle pillar, once you've added the middle pillar, um, presumably you've already been doing many weeks, probably months, hopefully months, of uh, the lesser banishing and invoking rituals of the pentagram. Um, add in the middle pillar, do that for many months. When you get to the place in your regimen where you um, are beginning to work with the hexagram rituals and you want to, after a few months of working with hexagram rituals, step it up a notch in terms of power, then you might consider doing the middle pillar using colored sephiroth, the, the queen scale attributions to these centers. And those would be, uh, again, white brilliance at the crown, slightly less brilliant white at the throat, yellow gold at the heart, violet at the genitals, and traditionally olive at the feet. Um, the theory is that moving from white light to color will amp up the flow of the current. You could even use the king scale colors um, down the road, but I consider that a much more advanced practice. In, in, in my experience, it really does uh, turn up the volume. So make sure you're, you're prepared with lots of use of the white light version and the queen scale version first. Um, you can use the middle pillar as a general invocation, as a part of a larger ritual. Review the podcast and chapter on the construction of ritual um, to remind yourself about what a general invocation is, what purposes it serves, and at what stage in a ritual process you would plug that in. But the middle pillar is a great way for raising just as a, as a general energy raising that we would associate with a general invocation. You can also use this um, when you're doing astral work. Once you have, so I'm sounding like a broken record, but review the podcast and book chapter on astral projection and scrying. Um, once you have externalized your astral body, uh, transferred consciousness to it, and you are, you, you feel like you're in it, um, then uh, you can use the middle pillar as one way of bringing more force and power to your astral form. So let's say you've arrived at the the astral realm you want to scry and ex or explore, and um, then you could then do uh, maybe either um, lesser invoking ritual of the pentagram or the middle pillar as a way to um, bring more of yourself, your magical self, into the picture there in the astral. Okay, so um, that's basically what I want to present to you today about the middle pillar. Um, 
again, I think it is it is really, really useful to integrate this with your daily work fairly early in your practice, um, keeping in mind the safeguards that I have recommended here and in previous podcasts. Um, so I encourage you to give it a try if you haven't. And maybe you have tried it and just haven't tried it in a while. Maybe revisit it with these tips that I've given you today. As always, if you have any questions or comments about this or any other segment that I've done, please write to me at david at livingthelema.com. Visit livingthelema.com for uh, more resources on various uh, podcast episodes and uh, my biography if you want to read more about me. And don't forget to uh, pick up the Living Philema book if you haven't already um, as, a, as a written document of a lot of these segments that we've done and much more. And if you'd like more information about the training opportunities available through various organizations, here are some contact points. If you're interested in AA, please visit onestarinsight.org. And if you'd like more information on the International College of Thelema and the Temple of the Silver Star, please visit intcot.org. That's intcot.org. So uh, thanks very much for listening and your support. As always, I, uh, I hope that you can take the material from today and use it fruitfully in your practice. Love is the law, love under will.